advise you to get off the streets as quickly as possible. It'll soon be a war up there. And we are, as a people, opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths. I know for a fact. And to secret proceedings. Weapons of mass destruction. I have a dream. I take the threat very seriously. A new world order. Your government thanks you for your participation. You are now listening to the world-famous Sofa King Podcast. Please, read from sheets. I am. I am. Sofa King. Sofa King. Now repeat all very fast, please. I am Sofa King. Faster. I am Sofa King. No, not so fast. Lose its meaning. I am Sofa King. You say funny things. That whiskey's delicious. Yeah, and and I was just saying we're back, and we're back. Yeah, some people, some people were already listening. That clank was like amazing. Yeah, was it? That was way better than the other. Way better, but it was still. Well, like the Fiddler bottle won't clank at all. I guess we. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm into this black currant. Um, it's a little floral, right? Yes, definitely. So speaking and speaking, what we were just Mm. talking about before during the break when we were off air. Is like it's so strange. It's not that COVID necessarily made shit taste bad. It's just that it tastes different. So nah, like a bad. Um, well, so, I mean, maybe soil. some things like uh, like like cherry coke for me tastes like know. plastic or like swimming pools, baby pool or something mm-hmm. like weird. And I went with Pepsi and cherry coke. Either way, yeah. whatever that fake taste is. So some things Ended are very that. apparently synthetic. Like I, it's like I was trying to say like I was trying to explain to someone. I was like, imagine all the flavors that are in a piece of chocolate cake. What if yeah. you only tasted sugar? Like you lost the spectrum and the range of flavor for other oh, ingredients, and it was like, no, you only taste this wavelength or whatever yeah. is the best way I get it, that, that part of the spectrum. Yeah. So you would eat chocolate cake, and it would just taste like sugar, like mm-hmm. raw sugar in bread. Well, um, that's what happened to me when when I when I had my my uh, taste when I lost my taste. Right, I only could taste sweet and salt, and I could taste salt. Right, that's it. Like, so like, it's like you could put fucking salt on chicken, and it tastes like I was eating salted rubber. You well, know, the like, other day, uh, Berkeley wanted a like five layer beefy burrito or something. Mm-hmm. I was like, fine, we'll get Taco Bell. Burrito, I was yeah. like, every time we get Taco Bell, I'm disappointed anymore. Like, it tastes like fucking weird ass garbage to me. Like, just like, say, it tastes like, I mean, it is, but I taste mm-hmm. it for what it is. Yeah. It used to be like, oh, I know this is terrible for you, but damn, it's good. It's almost like the, what's the Rowdy Piper, the fucking We Live? Like where, where you see bay. the people for what yeah. they are. Yeah. Yeah. And so now you're just seeing the food for what I it was is. Like, like, I thought, oh, it's because I'm getting like the box and whatever the box is, is like a cheesy gordita wrapped, double stuffed fucking chicken gordita some burrito. Bullshit. Some bullshit. And it's like, I quit getting that. Just get like OG items. So I got a bean and cheese burrito and crunchy taco. And I was like, it doesn't taste like it tasted my whole life. And so I was like, take a bite of this. And I told him Berkeley, I was like, take a bite. Of this. Does it taste weird to you? Does it taste like it always tastes? Because uh-huh. she's old enough that she's had 20 years yeah. of Taco Bell. She knows what mm-hmm. Taco She's like, yeah, it tastes like a crunchy taco from Taco Bell. I was like, I'm so sad right now. <clears throat> like, am I never going to have a, I'm ruined. never going to have a crunchy taco yeah. from Taco Bell. I, again. Dude, it doesn't love, taste right. I love Mountain Dew. I can't drink it. Yeah. Like, I can't drink Mountain it Dew. It just doesn't quite taste right. It's no. just off a little bit. And then no. I had some, <laughs> oh, I had a, a cheeseburger, like a little double burger from McDonald's mm-hmm. the other day. Once again, when I'm poor, I eat like fucking garbage. But it was like I ate it and I was like, weird. It tastes like fucking like a almost like a chemical. It tastes synthetic. Yeah, it yeah. tastes very fake. Yeah. And I don't know if it's just exposing something that you normally wouldn't have noticed because it's blended yeah. and masked with all the other things that are there. And I'm only tasting the weird synthetic shit. Cause it's like, man, yeah. god damn it. This just well, I've had like a, a craving for like a, like my kids. We went to McDonald's and I was like, 
I got them Happy Meals or something. And I was like, damn, fucking, their McDonald's Coke is fucking so oh, good. Yeah. And I was like, fuck. Well, my son, he want he like, and he's like Pepsi now, like for right. whatever reason, like he wants Pepsi. And, uh, and I ended up drinking, somebody got a Coke and I took a drink of the Coke and I was like, I was like, oh, like, okay. it doesn't taste bad. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, there it is. Fucking it, just it soil. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Just fucking like. Like I, I <clears throat> ate a, a handful of soil. You know what came it's back? So fucking bad. I'm stoked about it. it. Came back. Um, it's been a while since I had it, but Doritos, oh, nacho yeah. cheese Doritos for a little while. Are you kidding? Were, them? Oh, they were fucking gross. It was weird. I was mm. like, oh, what the fuck? It tasted so crazy, dude. Yeah. And I was like, is something wrong with these? You know? Because I got a second opinion. Like, open yeah. the bag, show my son. Like, hey, taste this Dorito. He's like, no, there's nothing wrong with it. It's fine. Yeah. I was like, oh, dude, I was so sad because I was like, that's like, that's one of my favorite foods in the Doritos? world. Is Doritos, not yeah. yeah, it's like nostalgic. It's like huh. one of those little like ham sandwiches and Doritos was like all yeah. I fucking lived on, and like it came I, back. It tastes normal. I never had any labor town madness from covid but i'm like a month into to the whole food thing. whole food diet whole food plant-based diet and everything that i read about it said and i've read this a lot of times that like once you've been on it for a while you're just not gonna want the process shit. like if you take even if you eat it you're not gonna want it and i was like like had a cheat night. I was like, I'm going to get some fucking pizza. I'm going to eat some fucking potato chips. And I even had like an ice cream bar that was still in my freezer. I was like, fuck it. I'm going off tonight. And the pizza was good. Like Getting no crazy with the pizza, but like I opened up the bag, just plain potato chips. Right. I was looking forward yeah. to it. I ate like five of them. And I was like, these are so greasy yeah. and salty and heavy. Like I have, I can't eat these. Like it was, you started gross. recognizing it's it like, what they were. Oh my God, this is just oil and salt. Like this is so gross. And then like after I ate the pizza and like later on when I was going to have that ice cream, I took one bite of this ice cream and I was like, Oh my God, that is just fucking sugar disaster in my mouth. I was just like, this is gross. And I just threw it. Yeah. It's like, I just have no, it's like, it just tastes so it's just I mean, that's, so that's much. normal it's just, when you, it's just too much. When you stop eating sweets, yeah, yeah, you stop eating sweets, dude, and then you have something that's sweet. You're like, oh god! Like, like all my few like long term like did really great. Went to the gym for a long time and ate nothing but like steak and salad, steak and broccoli, chicken and asparagus. Like when I stay hardcore like that for like a period of months, you know what I mean? Yeah. When I finally go, okay, I'm going to cheat. I lost like 30, 40 pounds. I'm going to fucking never get good. Frosty King, bacon cheeseburger, yeah. fries and a Coke. And it's just like not what I expected at no. all. I'm no, always like miserable. It was over really quick. And I'm like, oh my God, I regret that. Fuck, I wish I could yeah. just fucking yak that back up. Like it's it's never what you think it's going to be. That was my thinking. So if I didn't, if, if I just ate like what I wanted and mm -hmm. just threw it up. That's called bulimia. No. It's only <laughs> no. bulimia if you do it on every meal. If you keep the good meals, right? It's like eating no, like a good meal. That's still bulimic. It's across yeah. the board. I had a friend that was a grown ass man. I think so. bulimic, dude. And no, he was in denial. And he was like it. trying to hide it from us no, and shit. I wouldn't hide it from you. It fucks your teeth. I'm like, up you know and what? Shit. I, you don't want to do that. No, I didn't. Fuck yes, it does. Up. The no. acid comes back. It fucking no. takes all the enamel off. Oh your teeth. yeah, it erodes your fucking esophagus. It fucks up your no. teeth. No, look it up, bro. It causes terrible problems. It's like doing meth. It's like doing meth without the high. Yeah. I mean, there's probably consequences for that because you probably like overstimulate your fucking like bowel movement and then you mm. probably can't shit after that because mm. now you need it to shit. What if I created a thing that goes down my throat that when I do... Second stomach. Yes. I know exactly what you're talking about, bro. No, no, like a sec <laughs> like a like an esophagus shield. Mm -hmm. So it's like a funnel that goes down and then that way you could throw up and Maybe. then it doesn't fucking affect your esophagus. If you can handle how is that? This, how is... Like, I know I... I a video that I used to show in class, a documentary 
um, that talks about like where our food comes from. And in one scene, there's just like a, a research facility and they have cows and they just have like, it's just like this open hole cut in the side of the cow. With I like saw a plastic that yeah. shunt yeah. and they can just reach in and grab what's in the cow's stomach. Yeah. We just need that. Oh yeah. Like cool. You can eat whatever the fuck you want to. And then you and just then fucking just reach on in, pull the fucking, you know what they need? Digital wafers. So like you put it in your mouth and it digitally stimulates your taste buds to make you think that you're eating that, but you're really not. They just need to plug in and like have virtual like like VR food. I always wonder that cool. if like you didn't we've and we've talked about it before, like if it just didn't fill you up, at what point would you become satiated and stop? Would your jaw just get tired? Like no, how I think if you just I mean, eat already like a normal we, serving. You eat pizza till you're like, Okay, I shouldn't have had two more pieces. I was yeah. fucking good at three pieces. Like I should not have eaten five pieces of pizza. And like that's pushing it. How many would you eat if it didn't actually, you didn't get full? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, but you know how your taste buds, how you, you're like eating it, and then after a while, you're like, okay, like that's like a lot on the palate. I think that's where it becomes. I would keep eating it. Like, I don't you know. Oh, pizza? I would eat pizza you're for You're like a pug. You like just a like pug. fucking, yeah, they eat everything gets put in front of them. Like a fucking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. That's true. I would eat pizza forever. I don't even, that's what I'm saying. I think my jaw would get tired or something. Maybe. If it didn't, if there was no consequence, it was just like disappearing when it, like once I swallowed it, it was like poof, it was Brent's, gone. Brent's just hooked up to the machine laying down moaning and you're like, what's yeah. wrong with him? He's like eating pizza. <laughs> <doesn't> pizza. <laughs> I mean, it stimulates uh, the He's been like center. that for eight days now. Yeah. Like, yeah. Pretty yeah. Soon, it's like, like pretty soon you're just dude on the couch, like fucking from fucking half baked. I half baked, yeah. <laughs> I think there would be like repetitive stress injuries. Like if people could somehow do that, like eat until yeah. the, and not become satiated, like you would end up with like jaw disorders of like either super muscle jaw mm-hmm. i don't know i don't know i mean we'll have to work out those kinks yeah, yeah. we'll figure it out or we could just eat a healthy moderate diet that sucks that's for stupid people <laughs> stupid that's nonsense i did uh this week at the grocery store fucking managed to get about 60 percent of only that brand organics oh wow. they make fucking everything they dude. Do. it makes it's like the easy button for organic and the funny thing is, is like, it? there's so much shit Organics. that I buy. I'll find the brand. It's like the, it's the Albertsons and Vaughn's oh, organic yeah, that brand. Expensive. No, here's no, the thing. No, dude, dude a box there's, is $3 for like no, the fake raisin brand, the fake hmm. peanut butter. I swear, dots, like, I swear that probably a third of the shit that I buy that's the organics brand is cheaper than like regular. the regular the signature brand. select even sometimes. It's mm. even sometimes. Signature. Sometimes. I'll find the brand uh, logo for you. Yeah, my wife too. fucking duped me. I was pissed. It's that logo. I know what it is now. Yeah, but, but they have like they organic, make coffee. They, they make or, everything. Yeah, yeah beans, yeah. organic everything. milk, everything, yeah. cheese, yeah. like all kinds of shit. So yeah. it's like it's easy. You see that logo, you grab it, and you're like, okay, like this is not covered in chemicals, allegedly, unless they're just yeah. lying and they're just repackaging uh, yeah. everything. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be funny. We find out it's just all fucking glyphosate cheese. It's like worse than I mean, normal for some reason. I mean, technically, it's all organic. It all comes from the earth. Well, yes, but certified organic based off of guidelines yeah. that they use that descriptive term. I and mean, if you trust those people, yeah, that's that is totally true. I'm a non-trusting <laughs> man, but it's the best I can try without that's, visiting the fucking trying. facility. Yeah, you're trying, right? And I make the effort. You're trying, and I don't trust the the store brand. I trust the watchdog groups that are constantly buying the store brand and testing to see if they're yeah, organic true. so they can fucking bust them. And true. Cause once you make that claim, you're red flag. Like look yeah. at me. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, fucking yeah. Stickler. Now we're like fucking like looking we said at we were shit. for kids. This show's for kids. Oh yeah. yeah. We've done. Yeah. 
Fuck them kids. But yeah, the cereal's three bucks a box. That's cheap for that cereal. That is cheap. Yeah. That's and, cheap. And they have quite a they have like It's like Monto Meal bags. They have like, like cornflakes, peanut yeah. butter puffs, like a fake good, honey though. bunches of oats. Yeah, good. no, they're good. And like my kids want me to get the peanut butter puff things. Mm. I don't know if they're good for you, but they're not mm. full of like whatever chemical. Mm. Like they don't have pesticides all over it. I need to look up if I mean are chemicals bad for you? Glyphosate fucking kill you. Eh, we've ate it all our lives. And, and we're all dying of cancer. And the whole oh, big thing in the right. world is like, we're trying to find a cure for cancer. I mean, think Everyone's about it. Like, we live longer than they did back then. And true. they weren't eating But we could shit. live longer than they do right now. Uh, maybe. We ain't Moses. You ain't Moses, fool. 900 years. When 900 years you reach, look as good you will not. Mm. <laughs> They've got that. That was, that was Yoda. It was? Oh, nice. So, look at Brad. Well look at the big brain mm. on Brad. My 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 son's into Star Wars, fool. Oh. oh yeah. This motherfucker walks in. I tell him go get in the shower. He comes walking out naked, and I I don't know what soap am I supposed to use. And I was like, I don't know, dude. Like I don't know. Did your mom get you new soap? And he's like, I don't know. And so he walk in there, and I'm like, Is it not the Star Wars with Chewbacca on it? Yeah, no shit. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was like, what the? he's like, oh, I was like, what the fuck, man? Dude, like, I remember fuck. I had a Luke Skywalker shampoo where he's yeah. wearing the fucking get up from the fucking when he's flying around over the weird helmet. Like, yeah. the, the top of it was the fucking helmet. Oh, I remember with that the red, yeah. with the red shades. Yeah, yeah. 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 I had that. Sh- I had that shampoo. Yeah. Probably. Had so some if you're a, a new listener, we give out a hot sack or a hot box every week. Brought to you by El Yucateco Hot Sauce, King of Flavor. Not to be confused with hot socks or hot cocks. No, right. Those like are different. Totally different. Totally different. Things. Way different. Um, but, but compatible. They, uh, mm. If you post on social media a picture of you um, enjoying or discovering El Yucateco in the wild or something funny, put fuck googly eyes on it. Pose it next to a stormtrooper. Mm. We don't give a fuck. Be creative. Use some hashtags. And we give you free shit. That's the way that works. This is true. And if you're a lazy fuckwad and you don't post anything, you're never going to win yeah. a hot sack. Yeah, if you're a person that drinks cold coffee, you're a fucking lazy loser. That's but how. But you know works. who's not a lazy loser is Con Baki. Con Baki. Con Baki Bukaki. They call Con Baki in the Bay Area. Sounds delicious. A, yeah, found it, order it. Found it in the wild. Took a picture of El Yucateco. Posted it in the unofficial SK group. Um, and it's that simple. You're going to get a sack full of hot. Like real soon, yeah. There's various trinklets that are branded by El Yucateco. Mm. So who's gonna who's gonna reach out to him or her? I asked you earlier about that. Um, you guys did not respond. Oh, did what you? Do you mean? Well, then Who? you tell me because I didn't see the reply. Hold on. <laughs> Brad's digging in to make sure. Wait, where's it at? You guys are muted, so you guys, Brent's always posting stuff. Muted? You muted me? Yeah, you've been muted for years. I don't even say anything. Like I rarely post uh, or comment. Website documentary, by the way, future reference. Uh, yeah, that's before pictures, that. pictures, pictures, pictures. Is it Christ. before that? This is bad podcasting. Uh, <laughs> Just say it, Dave. <laughs> it's, it's Tony Feathers. Yeah, Tony Feathers is going to reach out. Tony Feathers. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that. <laughs> I just wanted to. I was enjoying the. Well, I already knew. I already the, knew. I already knew Tony, but I didn't right. know why we were having a conversation about it again. There was some deliberation as to the first name, just to make sure I, we don't want to piss yeah. him off. Because to be honest, you'd beware. This is no Frankie Pigeons that's reaching no, out. Frankie to, Pigeons so. was tread very lightly. mellow. Yeah, tread lightly. Yeah. yeah. So Frankie got a promotion. He's the head of the department now, yeah. and had to hire uh, a new hire, a new member of the the Sofa King team, and that is. Tony Feathers. So Tony the, Feathers yeah. will be reaching out to Khan Baki 
uh, to get your deets so that you can get sent a hot stack. Yeah. And if you have a, when when such communication occurs, if there's a flavor you haven't tried or whatever, uh, let him know that, and we can try to make sure that you get a new flavor. And we'll get all the we'll get all the social deets out to out to everybody so they'll know. Yes. Um, and as always, thank you to our patrons. Um, you uh, help the show keep going. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, it helps us cover our expenses and put a little bit of ramen in our bellies. So it is always very much appreciated. If you like the show, if you're new to it, even if you've been a longtime listener, but you haven't had any scratch just for a buck, um, go in and sign up for a buck. You get bonus episodes. There's a couple of hundred of them floating around out there. Uh, this, this week we talked about, uh, well, Brent talked a lot about masturbation. Yeah. Uh, did he? Oh, he did. He talked about, uh, hauntings, all kinds uh, of stuff. So. And for a limited time, the love of your father is yes, also included. Yes, the love of your father. It's a rotating uh, promotion. It won't be gone forever, but it, it, it'll come yeah. back around. But right now, it is active. You can get the love of your father for the low, yeah. low price of $1. Even if you right. thought you had it, you didn't. Yeah, he's a liar. Yeah. And also yeah. remember, come clean. remember if, you, if you aren't a patron, it's fine. The show's free. You can download it. We encourage yeah. it. But remember that you are a fuck-face peasant. That's mm-hmm. correct. And for a dollar, you're not anymore. That's how simple that is. No. Simple. Yeah. So, and always, we are also a member of the Pod Belly Podcast Network. So go there to check out some other cool shows. Um, And uh, I think that's all of our uh, four show business. Josh Burton just popped up in the live. Haven't oh, seen wow. that in a while. One star. I you saw just one saw star. Him. You had a picture of him so on your phone. I jumped up. I know, Why did you have a picture me. of him on your phone? He sent it to me just now. I, I didn't give you the other pictures. Just the, I know. Just the face picture. I know. Yeah. I know what other pictures you yeah. got. If he sent you one. I know the mushrooms. Yeah, no, I was checking in yeah. on him. We hadn't heard from him in a while, so I hit him up and told him he should go to live today. And then there he is. One star Josh wow. Burton. He just showed up. Hmm. Still hating on us, giving us one star reviews, but that's fine. One star Burton, huh? Yeah, well, one star Burton. So our topic today is Motown. Um, it was brought up specifically by, I believe, Jason Muniak. 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 Fuck that guy. I can't believe you picked his topic. Um, but it is a good topic. A great topic. Dude, I watched the fucking documentary twice. And I might watch it again later. It was really? really fucking good. Yeah, that shit was great. I watched have... the first like half hour. I, I enjoyed it, but I didn't have Is that the one on Disney Plus that I don't have Hitsville. anymore? No, uh, I don't no. know. Dave, I didn't watch it on a streaming service. It's or... fucking stupid trying to get it. Like, you have to have... Because I searched it, like, where can you watch it? And it came up that you could watch it on Showtime streaming or you could watch it on Paramount Plus. And I was like, okay, I've got Paramount Plus. So I went into my Paramount Plus to watch it. And you have to have Paramount Plus and Showtime. Oh, you got to have Paramount Plus Plus. Yeah, Paramount Plus Plus Showtime. (laughs) Junior, junior. It was like the most ridiculous shit. I have never run into anything that you needed two fucking streaming platforms to watch. Yeah, that's what it's coming to. Fuck, Everybody complained dude. about cable. Jesus, you know, Christ. you had one bill. It was a big bill. I just for had this everything. discussion yesterday, and then and it's now all you cart, have. But fucking, now you're like, yes, everything's thirty dollars. Right. right. Well, it's like ten bucks, but like it does add it's, up. It's, it's, I have, it's getting more expensive because HBO. Well, if you count uh, Amazon, Disney. Amazon, but that's because I have Prime. Amazon, Disney, or not Amazon? Uh, HBO, Disney, fucking some of these other ones are all fifteen dollars. I have you know Netflix, what I mean? like, Hulu, yeah. HBO. Netflix is 15. I'm using CJ's Disney. Netflix is 15 bucks. Is it? Yeah, Netflix, yeah. And it's going up again. It's going I mean, up again. Yeah, it's going to be here, 15, Here's the thing that I discovered is a lot of the shows, I like I have, 
I have specific apps just to watch certain shows. And I was like, these shows are like on right now. And I was like, I could just get YouTube TV Mm. and like cancel three of these apps. And I'd still be a little bit ahead. Like I'd still have a little bit more money than I'm paying right now. But I would just have like an 85 channel lineup with unlimited DVR. And I don't have these fucking stupid apps anymore. Yeah. And you just use, yeah, just YouTube app. Which is what I've been doing for the last week. It's glorious. You doing but what exactly with the YouTube app? I don't YouTube know TV. Uh huh. It's like yeah. a separate subscription. It's like yeah. 50, I say it keeps adding. It keeps offering because I was like tired of the ads. And I was like, it's okay, like I'll fifty fifty five dollars a month, and you get like a full eighty five channel cable spread. So they went back to cable. Just yeah, digital. sort of. Yeah, and you get un, you get unlimited DVR. It's unlimited. Um, which like. Like I said, it eliminates three different apps that I'm probably paying ten bucks a piece for. If you get YouTube TV, does it take away your ads on regular YouTube? I don't know because I for YouTube. I don't know because I have YouTube Premium. Yes, that's what I got. Oh, I need to look into that because if having YouTube TV does that, then I can cancel my YouTube Premium. Because I I have that That would be worth it. That makes it even more worth it. I need to look into that because I might be double dipping right now when I don't need to be. Let me look. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm very pleased with YouTube TV. It's a pretty cool platform. I mean, it's very much like cable. The other thing that I like about it is it's like all the fucking channels I don't want to deal with. You can just fucking remove them from your world. Like all the fucking shopping networks and fucking sports network. It's like they don't even fucking pop up in my feed. Go the fuck away. Like don't That's even- a lot. I'll look into it. But damn, 55. It's a lot. It's a it, it was a commitment. Uh, but I was separate. Like, because then I still want other things for other reasons, though. You know what I mean? Like you, like gotta have like no, that's the conundrum to get this one, and you gotta that's get the fucking conundrum. yeah. Because lately, you I'm just, watch- I don't know. I've just been so fucking scatterbrained lately. It's like I sit there and I have all these fucking streaming services and all these shows I haven't watched yet, and like I don't want to, I don't want to watch any of them. Like I'm just like it's too overwhelming. And as soon as I got YouTube TV, I just fucking flip around, and it's like oh reruns of The Office. I'll just watch that for an hour. And then it's like, oh, let watch, me. Are you watching House like, of Dragons or no? No, I haven't. House of Dragons. House of Dragons. Do you know? <laughs> it's uh, this is not a spoiler, but they changed everybody. Primary dies. actors. No, not everybody went dying. They changed like major fucking actors, and I was like, what? The In the fuck? middle of the show. On the yeah. sixth There's episode. A time yeah. leap, isn't there? It doesn't matter, uh, man. Once you watch it, you'll see. It's like none that of the arrows unnecessary. Like, my wife's watching that, but because the Flash does something in their universe, like the one of the dudes had a daughter, and then all of a sudden, like like a son, like because I missed some episodes, and I was like, "What the fuck's happening?" Like they have a son, and he's adopted. It's not even their kid, but because the the Flash was like changing, oh, it was time though, time things, you know, like. But if you just like. It's kind of fucking weird. This like, is different. Just, like they kept some of the other actors and either didn't age yeah. them 10 years or oh. did. And you're like, that guy's the same fucking dude. They didn't change him at all. Yeah. That dude's older, obviously. And so then like people that they could have, if they can have white walkers with fucking crazy makeup and shit, they could have aged the fucking other two actors that changed. Like, yeah. So you're saying it's bad. Shit. It just pulls you when they, you do that. It's like, it pulls you out of the fantasy of it. Yeah. I mean, I know it's like a lot to be like, oh, I know there's not really magic and dragons and white walkers and all that shit, but it's like when you're watching it and you dive in, it's like believable. You're sunk into it. It just kind of like it hmm. breaks the the fantasy of it a little bit where you're like, oh, what the fuck? Because you stop and think about, I need to re-get used to these people being these other people. Yeah. And are I they any know. good? Like you start. I don't yeah. know. It's not that the acting's bad. It's just like when they change yeah. the fucking person, you're like, what well, the make fuck? Make sure the- you never 
don't ever watch Doctor Who or James. No, I, I get that because I was watching the All American Show, fucking uh, the high school football kid, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, like one season went by, and then you go to the next season, and the girl's dad's a different dude, and you're like, "What the what fuck?" The yeah. fuck? And it's yeah. really hard to. Right. And it wasn't even a season though; it was just like episode six. I, I know that, I but like, I'm saying even on the season, like yeah. where it would have been like, right. okay, that makes sense to start a new dude. You. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's really hard to get used Darren. to. You're like this guy, like fucking. That's that not her on, dad. Uh, like, what the Ma- fuck happened? Roseanne too. They switched the sister. Yeah, and it blew my mind back in the day. I was like, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> that's not her. It's a different one. So Motown. There's a really good documentary called Hitsville. Um, I've got some stuff from it in my notes. Uh, I just want to hang out with half those motherfuckers. They're yeah. So, so here, cool. like, and here's the thing, like this, like a. I'm from Motown. I was born in Detroit. My last name is Motown without the Motown. W. Yeah. You know, so I've got the, the connection, you know, you growing should, up hey, in Michigan. You're, you should say, my name is Dave Motown without the W. I did say that back east, but once I got to California, people would look at me because they didn't even know what the fuck I was talking about. That's even better. But like when I lived in Michigan and even when we went back to Chicago for the meetup, I did it in Chicago. And as soon as I said it, they would just be like, oh, gotcha. Like there was no question. Because Motown is right there, which I didn't know was that the term Motown didn't exist before Motown Records. I assumed it was yes. already a word. It's, it's Motortown, right? Right. Like, yeah. yeah. But I assumed that pre-existed Motown. But I have an affinity for Motown. Like this, this, these people were the fucking soundtrack of my childhood. Like my mom and Fuzzy listened to Motown because I mean they're all from Michigan as well it was just constantly in the background like the the you know fuzzy would throw in some some war and some Ohio players but you know th- this was like my music growing up a lot of people are always trip because I don't know like you know classic rock songs right. at all like don't know them I know them now a little bit from rock band but it's like but I know this shit and to look at the stable Marvin Gaye Diana Ross and the Supremes, The Four Tops, Stevie Wonder, The Temptations, Smokey Robinson and the Miracles, Gladys Knight and the Pips, uh, Edwin Starr, who did War, uh, the Isley Brothers, the Jackson Five, then Michael Jackson, fucking Lionel Richie. Um, I'm and I'm forgetting. Other, it's like that's oh, yeah. fuck. Everyone. That's like that's everyone, you know. And they all came through Motown. They were all produced by Barry Gordy. Um, there's no like crazy fucking drug scandal. Barry Gordy did all this evil shit. It was just like this fucking positive, yeah, un- unbelievable guy. fucking, you know, he didn't turn into Suge Knight, you know, at the end of the day, <laughs> it's just this ridiculous talent pool. And it all oh, came young, young people, man. Super like, young. People. So young. They were like a lot of them were 17 and shit. Yeah. Like Smokey Robinson was 17. Stevie wonder was 11. I think so. Yeah. Dude, we gotta cover Stevie Wonder. That's such a fucking crazy story. Like, oh, he's into got a it a little bit. Story. Oh, yeah. dude, just a little kid, man. Yeah, he Stevie shows Wonder, up with a yeah. fucking harmonica and walks up in that studio. Smokey Robinson was. They were talking about it. Stevie Wonder was telling on the interview that he he showed up or something, and uh, Smokey Robinson said, "Can you sing?" He said, "I can sing better than you." Like, told oh. Smokey Robinson, "I can oh, sing better shit. than you." <laughs> they said, and then they, well, they kids sw- just have no fucking yeah. sense of yeah. like. They switch over and uh, I think it was like Martha Reeves. Or, I can't remember who was talking on, on the interview, but like they said, uh, she, he sat down at the piano. Yeah, and Started someone singing, said, "Oh, baby, you." Yeah, someone got said, what "This I boy need. is a wo- this boy is a wonder." Yeah. 
And that's uh, how he got Stevie Wonder because oh, they're like, nice. oh my God, like he's a genius. So then they moved him over to the organ. He sat down and he got on the drums. Could play. He could play every instrument in there better than was fucking everyone. Was he blind at that point? Oh, yeah. yeah. He was blind? Yeah, dude. He, he was, was blind. Blind. playing fucking harmonica, okay. dude. I don't know if he got, I don't know if there was an accident. But there's a yeah. scene in that documentary where he's on stage, dude, and he's fucking, uh, he goes out and he's supposed to just go give a bow or something. And he said, everybody put your hands together. And they're showing him. He's standing on the microphone. There's this whole orchestra fucking band behind him, dude. He's feeling and it. And he just starts clapping. The audience feeling starts clapping. He's like, say, yeah, yeah. And they start going back yeah. and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's doing the thing back and forth the audience. And he fucking writes a song right then and there called like little fingers or some shit i don't remember what it was but he writes a song right fucking there on the spot he's just so good he pulls out a harmonica out of his pocket and starts fucking killing on harmonica the whole orchestra just jumps back in with him yeah fucking crazy talent he's unbelievably talented he's like prince like it's like he can play well they're they're on the same level like yeah they are he's an actual musician and i wonder if he wasn't blind if that would have been the case i don't know like it but it's definitely an episode we should do i feel like that's the difference like between like a person who like oh you play the guitar Right, like sure. a, a musician can play fucking any instrument, pretty much. You it's give them, insane, you give them dude. some fucking bing bongs, and they're like, oh fuck, oh yeah. they just figure like they they yeah. just have a natural talent. It's his to language play instead of seeing, he yes. hears. You know what I yeah. mean? Like right. he can reproduce right. those sounds. It's wild. Yeah, I mean, I would compare him to Justin Bieber. I have you know? to, uh, I have to make an admission though. I never knew it was fucking Gladys Night and the Pips. I thought it was Gladys the Gladys. whole time. Like, but even when I heard you say it right now. Like I, you can't. Everybody kind of says Gladys Knight, but it it's sounds like Gladys. Gladys Knight, but it's Gladys Knight. But yeah. I, I didn't, I don't hear that. I don't know. I always thought it was Gladys. That's Gladys Knight. I've always thought it was Gladys. Yeah, see, but it says Gladys in your notes here, and I was reading. I, I well, no, but it. I think they pronounce I, it Gladys. Oh, they're still saying Gladys. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I googled it, I was like, it's still funky. spelled that way. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was just like a subtle thing. It's like mm-hmm. you know, if you say like Lil Dave, I'm right. just saying L I L Dave, but you hear Little Dave, even though I'm only saying the L I L. Right. And I mean, I could I feel so dumb then I, I probably once a month, I like fall into a deep dive on Marvin Gaye. Like I listen to one Marvin Gaye song and the next hour of my life is just watching live clips. I mean, he's just the fucking best. And it's like, he was fucking Motown. Like he was like one of the, he was like one of the main people in Motown. Um, Cause he was so smooth. But uh, yeah, the people the people that came out of there are just fucking unbelievable. Um, we have that much talent. They talked about it a lot in that documentary too. Is just the competition like forces you. So this girl was like, you just have to dig deep because like the best guy is right next to you. Yeah. Well, only like, the you're only following the, that act. Only the strong survive in that sense. You know what I mean? Sure. Like if you're there's ten people there and two are really good, the rest are just going to go away. Yeah, you he know, was, like, and he had know, a mil he had a million yeah. sub labels under Motown with a million fucking acts. And like, these are the, you know, it was kind of a Darwinian process. Like he's just fucking throwing everybody on the wall and seeing what sticks. Well, he also told in that documentary that he worked at a, an automotive factory for a yeah, minute and he saw crazy. it as has a way to produce music was that automotive assembly line where he was like, and that's what he ends up doing where he has like, you know, the talent spot where they go and learn how to dance and then they learn how to dress and they learn how to fucking talk and they learn how to sing and they play their instruments. Like there's all these different sections where they would move from place to place to place because he said as young black black um, performers, they had a whole different like persona. And some of them were like 17 year old kids that came from like 
fucking low income areas. The worst they didn't ghetto know how to, in Detroit. How yeah, to even yeah. like dress or try to present themselves. And like, you know, and Jamie Foxx is in there as an interview. He's like, some of those people were like, why do I got to act like a white person? Why do I got to act this way? Why do, why do I have to act different? Why can I just they be They didn't me? have a business sense. And he didn't yeah. understand like, well, you shouldn't have to. But if we do, like ultimately long run, like in the long game, if we do this, it, like integration of like black, you know, the artists culture, in the, the culture music is, gonna get is out going there, to yeah. accept it and be more accepting of it because you don't want to help um, magnify the persona and the perception that all these people have of and black that was, people. And that was that again, that was very conscious. Like I, I saw that same part of the interview and it was really because he said, yeah, you'd see a steel frame come by you. And then an hour later, that same steel frame would come back by and it was a complete car. Right. You know, and he was like, that's what I want to do with Motown. And, um, and he did it. There were people that were teaching people how to dress. Yeah. Like, he, like people, they go pimp them out. Like it's people fucking- were um, like multiple people that I saw in different interviews said, like, we would go on a tour. And when you'd get to the south, all of a sudden you would see that half of the there'd be a rope down the middle of the of the aisle. And on the right half of the club were white people on the black half of the, of the seats were black people and they were completely segregated. And they said by the end of one tour, the rope would be gone and everybody was just sitting with each other because of Motown. And I think if Barry Gordy didn't kind of whitewash a lot of the people to be more mainstream and dress well and, and, you know, lose their ghetto accents and whatever, it wouldn't have happened. They couldn't have mainstreamed right. and it, it just, it propelled it did that not just for Motown. It did that for all of music. All of a sudden, black entertainers could play in white clubs, and all of a sudden, these divides were breaking down, and a lot of it points to Motown. I mean, Marvin Gaye has, like, a lot of people point to a lot of Marvin Gaye songs as, like, a massive impact on civil rights. Like, you know, what's going on, and, and you know, that whole album. Yeah was all about this cultural strife and what blacks are going through and we deserve better than this. You know, and- you know what though? Like those older eras, like, you know, like the Vietnam era, you know what I mean? With, right. with, with classic rock, you know, um, a lot of it was political and about For the sure. wars and about what was going on yep. in America and what was going on wherever you lived at, you know, and, uh, and not even in just America, I guess in the UK and, you know, anywhere in Europe and stuff, you know, um, and, and also Motown doing the same thing, you know, yeah. creating, uh, creating awareness pretty much, uh, yeah. using, using the platform. Um, and, and you don't but really he held see... that off for a long time. He didn't want yeah. to get political. He <laughs> held it back for a long time, but yeah. eventually people started to like, you know, he started to lose major artists, major writers and stuff because he was so controlling, but for a good, he wanted all, all the cogs yeah. to turn the way. And he and was right. He needed to do that in the beginning, but then some people outgrew it. You know, like Stevie yeah. wonder finally was like, Hey, oh, man, yeah. you, like, just let him go. you gotta yeah. let me do my thing. And then he said it was the greatest decision he ever made. Cause he was like, said, I was terrified. I was about to lose Stevie wonder um, because he wanted to go do all the shit. And he said, okay, I give you total creative freedom, you know, but stay. And then he just came out with fucking dope shit. Like crazy. And it was a, Funk, same like same thing with Marvin Gaye. Like he yeah. was doing kind of that classical fifty sound and doo wop kind of stuff. And then as soon as he was able to write his own music, that was that was what what's going on came There's from. There's the coolest like, um little clip that they did, like a visualization of Marvin Gaye. I can't remember what song it is he's singing, but they show track one. It's like vocal and they show him and he's singing with himself is what they were calling it mm. because it was the first time they could really multi-track. Mm-hmm. And so it's him singing like vocal. Then there's like vocal one, then there's backup vocal and then it's strings and they just start bringing tracks in and then they bring in backup singers and it's layering, but there's a visualization. They start showing the bass oh, player and they start showing it sure. and it like builds the song. You're like, damn dude same thing with my girl they showed how my girl went down like that and they had this yeah. classically trained like fucking orchestrist 
orchestrist, orchestra, um, like composer. And he came in and was like, I did what I do. I brought in horns and strings and all shit from my girl. And they show how it was just him singing acapella. And then they have these backup singers. That's how they built the songs back then. Yeah. Yeah. They were just like on a snap track, dude, just on time with a snap track. And then they bring all this shit in and layer it in. And you're like, fucking shit. That is the song we know today. And that's how it was made. And that's those dudes actually singing those tracks. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. The talent back then. It's wild. I don't think we have musicians like that anymore, to be honest. Everything's done different now. Yeah, it is. I mean, like everything's done based on like, oh, you write write the music first and then like, or the song and then you um, build it around that. Like, I think even though it was heavily controlled, um, but there was there was more uh, freedom though. It wasn't so corporate at that point. I think Motown was way more family. Uh, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And they were like all helping each other. It was wild. They had this like a uh, approval process at the end where they would make the records. They get it all the way done. And then they would go in there and you're talking about fucking big hitters. Like everyone in there's a fucking gangster. Like everyone's a star. Every one of those yeah. motherfuckers is tip top talent. And they're in this room of like tip 30, top talent. That's 30, our record label. 30 people. <laughs> and they're like, is it a hit or not? And they would vote on it or critique it. And it's like your competitor. Cause they're like, now we're, it's a great record that you made, but as a company, is this the record we should put out? Which one of these 10 records is going out? And then and that's get, what I read. Like the they would, the 10. Yeah. they would be very strategic wow. and they would be like, this is the hottest one. So we'll release that one first. Th- then strategically, like the fourth hottest one will come out next. Then the second hottest one will come out after that. Like they would make these plans of when to release what so they could keep dominating the box, you know, the, and they, the so yeah, someone was saying, like, if you heard a Motown album, it was like they didn't just phone that shit and put it out. It was rigorous. Yeah. That beat was exactly how it should be. Like every fucking thing was exactly how it should be. Mm-hmm. And it, it, remi- cool. it reminded me of the stories that you hear of Saturday Night Live, like in the writer's room. Right. And it's like they all like this, ama- this amazing comedic talent all gets together and Lauren Michaels sits vote there and, and like they like, vote yeah. shit in and out. And it's all up to Lauren Michaels, just like it was all up to Barry Gordy. He knows exactly how the show's supposed to work and look and whatever. There's a, there, he's there's a cool spot. Because yeah, everybody's working on their, everybody's working on their piece, but then you have somebody that's overseeing like uh-huh. the entire, uh-huh. entirety of the project, you know, the, but as the a group, they would critique the, it. They said yeah. it was like cutthroat and beautiful. And, and at the same time, like right. Smokey Robinson wrote some song and they're like, that's amazing. But the end is shit. And he like, and they explained to him like, you need to go back and change this. And he just didn't see it. But from all yeah. these other musicians, they knew like, go back and you need to be like more aggressive with the ending, like finish bigger, like with that yeah. chorus, like you kind of fizzle out. Yeah. And so he goes and re-records the whole thing. And it becomes probably yeah, and, what and it, it, is, and it yeah. went to like number yeah. one, same thing with, um, uh, Barry Gordy and Smokey Robinson are sitting there in, in an interview and they're talking to them. It's so cool. Cause that motherfucker's worth like $60 million and that's Smokey Robinson. Like, and they get into an argument about when I uh, heard it through the grapevine who released it first. And yeah. they bet a hundred dollars right there on the spot. Just, they're both so sure of themselves. And then fucking, uh, uh, B- Barry Gordy calls like the girl, like, um, who like would know or something like long distance. And she's like, no, you're wrong. And he has to hand him a hundred bucks. Mm, yeah. But they're sitting there talking about, he said one time Barry called me at 3 a.m. They did the, you better shop around song. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said they did it and it had been out for like two weeks and it was in rotation and they were playing on the radio. And it was doing okay. And Barry called him at 3 a.m. was like, Hey, it's me. And he's like, I know who you are, bro. <laughs> like, he's like, what are you doing? He's like, it's three in the morning. I'm fucking sleeping. What do you think I'm doing? He's like, I'm going to change everything, man. We're going to change shop around. We're going to change the beat. We're going to change the backup. We're going to change how you do it. He's like, cool, man. Cool. I'll see you tomorrow. He's like, no, I mean right now. And so they brought everyone in at 3 a.m. Everyone except that they couldn't get the yeah. piano player, couldn't yeah. get a hold of him or something. So Barry Gordy played piano on shop around and they redid the whole thing. And in the next couple of weeks, it went to number one. Huh. And right. it had already been out for two weeks. I wonder like, how. Okay. He's I wonder like, not if you that many people heard version. it yet. Yeah. Probably can. I don't know. So he pulled it back. I guess because it. if it's not moving, it's not going anywhere. Yeah. As soon as it starts going right. up the charts, then it, 
right. then it starts spreading. Yeah, he's like, it won't so, matter. You know what yeah, I mean? And then Michael crazy. Jackson redid a fucking uh, Smokey Robinson, and he was talking about. He's like, that's Michael Jackson song yeah. now. He's like, I sang that shit before he was even alive. Yeah. And yeah. people ask why why I covered a Smokey or why I covered a Michael Jackson song. He's like. He just did it better than me. Yeah, that that footage too of there little is, Michael. I mean, there's a lot of him. there's a lot of stuff that that um that people covered, and they did do it better. And you didn't even know you're like, oh, that's the original yeah. song. I thought right. that was the original right. song because people exactly. covered that song because yeah. of that. Like, you know that that's that's crazy that you know somebody would come along. But also too, it's it's honorable to to know that somebody that that is that great wanted your song right you know, and did it they saw yeah. they saw something in your song you know so it all comes down to to barry gordy who was born and raised in detroit um one of the stories that he tells which i think really um i think this really speaks to his whole vision of motown is he tells this story about how he sold a black newspaper when he was a kid um, and did okay, just hustling newspapers on the street. And then one day he decided, you know what, I'm going to take this into the white neighborhood and see if I can sell it there because no one else is selling the newspaper there. So I have no competition. So I went to this white neighborhood and he just cleaned up. Like everybody was buying the newspaper. He sold it like faster than he had ever hmm. sold newspapers. And then the next weekend he got his brother to get a bunch of papers and they both went down to sell them. And like nobody bought any newspapers. And he said, that was when I realized one black kid is cute and two black kids were a threat to the neighborhood. Uh, huh. And I think that's really, I think that's part of what he saw for Motown, which he is knew, why he, he kind of whitewashed off. people. Yeah. It's like, I don't want, you know, they all need to like be to mind their manners. Like you, he didn't he, want it to be recognized as, Oh, that's the black label. Right. That's, he said, you the, need to, you, know. you need to present yourself like yes. royalty all the time in a perfect yeah. suit, perfect diction. Don't give them any ammunition to try to fucking smear your ass, you know? And I think it comes down to that. You know, yeah. he didn't want like the Motown lineup to be the well, two he, black he, kids that are a threat. And you, you saw know? that run into like, like Sammy Davis jr. With Frank Sinatra and, yeah. and those guys, you know, um, they all like, they all just, they all blended together so well, Yes, you know, uh, and, and it became, you know, and that's what it, that's what it ultimately became, you know, like you, you, you have these groups and now all that music has, has bled into everything we have today. Everything, everything. Yeah, every, you can't go a day without genre. hearing fucking some Motown somewhere. Yeah. You know? Well, it's every genre. I mean, even country music yep. is influenced by some sort of Motown. And he and, had and a country label. And, I mean, obviously, yeah, obviously there's, they have tons of influences, but you know, like you would ask a country singer and they'd be like, oh yeah, like Marvin Gaye or, you know, uh, Al Green or, you know, somebody that they're one of my favorites, you know, I grew up listening to right, him, you know? Right. So, so Barry Gordy like boxed when he got a little bit older, but it wasn't for him. He uh, joined the army and went into the Korean War. Well, I don't think it was not for him. He quit and then got uh, drafted. Like while he was boxing, oh, he got right? drafted. Okay, yeah, he got drafted and had to go to the Korean War when he was in the middle of boxing. I mean, I don't know if he's going to be a champ or not, but right. he decided to drop out of high school early because he thought he could make big money boxing, <clears throat> but then just got drafted too gotcha. a later. Yeah. So he takes the money yeah, really that he has. You don't uh, have a choice when you get drafted. Yeah, you don't. He took the money that he made in the army and then he uh, got a loan uh, from family members. He asked for a thousand dollars and they only gave him 800, but he created a, uh, he started a record store called the 3d record Mart and they sold only jazz music and 3d you glasses. Know what, you know what the 3d stood for? What's that? 
Diamond Donovan Douglas. Nice. That's what it stood for. That's weird because he sold 3D glasses there. I know, but they're three diamond. Donovan oh, Douglas. right. That's diamond what the 3Ds are. I got Donovan you. Douglas glasses. I got oh, you. Nice. Yeah. That's the brand. Yes. But he had said that like he was obsessed with like spreading jazz and that people would come in and be like, oh, you're a record store. I want this blues album. And he was like, oh, we don't sell blues. We only sell jazz. And he basically said that he was such a bad businessman that he just completely tanked the record store because he didn't realize people want to come in and buy other shit. Um, he just wanted it? to sell. I can't what remember he the wanted. guy's name, yeah. but there was there was a funny clip where, um, speaking of, we don't sell that here. Um, there was an Italian guy they ended up hiring that he ends up hiring the Barry hires, and like there's rumors that like the mob runs Motown or something secretly, and this Italian guy gets hired. And he looks very like, oh shit, like that guy is probably a gangster. Mm. Um, but I can't remember what he does, like PR or something. Like I can't remember what what his position was, but they they headhunted him from another big record company and brought him across. He was like one of the only white people in any of the interviews, one of the only white employees that you really see or hear about. But um, when they met, they went out to a restaurant. And there was this new restaurant that that guy had been going to. Um, and he goes walking in there with Barry and the like maitre d' or whoever person at the counter is like, oh, we don't serve black people here. He's like, that's good because I don't eat them. So get me a table. And mm. like fucking like. <laughs> no, <laughs> smooth yeah, he's yeah. like, that's yeah. good because I don't eat them. So now I'm getting <clears throat> me a table. Oh, cousin Vinny. Yeah. And so then they yeah. went and sat down and Barry's like, so then we went and sat down and had dinner and got some hard looks because I was probably the first black people that ever ate in that restaurant. Sure. Black person that ever ate in that restaurant. That's the wild part too yeah. when they tell stories about traveling across the United States yeah. and like accidentally just like walking into a waiting room and this guy gets a gun put to the back of his head. And they're just like, get out of here inward. When he's just like, just he's like, oh, sorry, I was supposed to be in that fucking line. Yeah, right. Like, God damn, yeah, bro. Dude, like crazy. the 60s yeah. are not that fucking far it's away not, nah. that that kind of shit it's was going on in yeah, public. Yeah. Someone's just pulling a gun and putting it to a person's fucking head because they're in the wrong line. Yeah. They're like, we couldn't go to the bathroom when we're on the road. Can you imagine not being able to just stop and take a piss because right. there's no black bathrooms? Right. He's you know what I mean? Road. That's fucking wild. Not for a woman, though. A dude's going to whip it out and piss on a fucking I just bush, watched but... a bum piss on a... Fucking taking a shit on the tree by his right hand right here. <laughs> oh, <God> yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I but... Mean, just fucking ash cheek spread on the tree, Oof. like, on the side of the road right there. Just spread them apart so he wipe? Mint, no, it was a chick, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Dang. Yeah. That's rough. It is. But it's fucking rough times. You shouldn't have to do that, though, is what I'm getting at. That's, I can't no. imagine, like, the hardship that they had to overcome. Oh, yeah. Like, touring, especially back then, on a no-AC fucking bus, mm-hmm. you know yeah. what I mean? Trying to travel across the United States and then AC, dealing though. with the racism. Uh, yeah. No no one did, but, like, yeah. on top of it already being uh, unpleasant yeah. to be on that kind of a road trip and then get to where you're going and you're only trying to, like, do your craft and, like, you know, yeah. on your part, you're just entertaining and having yeah. fun. And people are, like, resistant to it. And not even resistant, but fucking hateful. Yeah, if you yeah. go to the wrong part of the country. And murderous. Yeah. 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 Yep. That's just wild, dude. Yeah. It's terrible. So he and his sister Gwen and a music producer named Billy Davis just start writing songs for the downtown club scene in Detroit. And keep in mind, this is in the 50s and 60s when Detroit is, like, at its peak. Like U.S. Steel is at its peak. The motor industry is American and at its peak. There's a shitload of money in Detroit. Um, they were talking about the education system nightlife. was amazing. Yeah, Great it was a music program that yeah. they send all the kids to the to go see the symphony orchestra. Yeah, and that's how so a bunch of them had really good music programs, and that's why so many good musicians came out of there because it was at the time. It's so sad that Detroit is the way it is now. Sure is. You feel like some of those rituals should like, but what would it take? I mean, you can't have Barry Gordy in there trying to clean up Detroit just no. to preserve his no. shit. He's only got get... he's got sixty million. It, that would like clean up a park or something, right? Yeah, it's yeah. bullshit. If that now. 
So they start writing uh, for basically up and coming musicians. They're just writing songs for them. And um, some of them start to get a little bit of traction. So uh, they write um, uh, Jackie Wilson, who's a great old soul singer. They write a song called Reet Petite for for, uh, Jackie Wilson. He records it. They write a song called All I Could Do Is Cry for Etta James at Chess Records, which was pretty hot shit at the time. Etta James was like one of the biggest jazz singers um, and Chess Records was a very established jazz label. So they're just like randomly writing songs and throwing them at people. And they're good enough that, you know, some people are that are already doing record contracts and stuff are. So, yeah, that's a dope song. I'll, I'll, I'll cut that. And they start to get more and more traction. And um, he uh, starts to um, take the money he's making from songwriting to do producing and uh, he that's he meets Smokey Robinson who's only seventeen at the time, and uh, by the they they became really close friends. And I think when Smokey Robinson was nineteen, which would have been nineteen fifty nine, he basically said, um, "You need to make your own record company. Like this is like we're spending, you know, like." everybody else is making the money because they ended up doing a song together. And I think they said they got their royalty check and it was like $3 and 70 cents or oh, something fuck. because for yeah. distribution and they didn't have an in-house studio. And then they had to get yeah. it distributed on some other big company to get in, to get and, a national yeah. distribution. And Smokey Robinson laughed and said, but at the, you know, at the end of the day, if you're a black artist, they just pay you whatever they want to, whenever they want to. Right. Um, so they kind of started their own thing and started Motown. But he had to um, borrow a thousand dollars from his mom or something. He talks about it on there. He has like the original written like contract from his, I think it was mom or his grandma. I can't remember. <clears throat> and he like begged for a thousand dollars. And uh, oh she God, said yeah. she gave him 800 bucks. He has yeah. it like all in writing. It's like framed. He had it mm-hmm. hanging up in like his, one of his rooms. That's all she had. So they make a, they make their record company called Tamla records. Um, and he just, <laughs> This is like, I don't understand what shell game in business he was doing, but he just creates fucking record label after record label after record label. I was trying to figure if it's for tax. I because I don't see the advantage. I think, Why, just not record everyone. Well, what, label. I think what it like my spin on it was because eventually like when Motown was at its height, there were 46 record labels under Motown. I don't know including it's Motown separate. as its own record label. But right, what but I started like, to realize is it's like, genres, but yeah, different genres. There was a label for jazz and there was a label for country and there was a yeah, label but, for but rock why? and there was a label for soul. I think it was part of the, the factory. It was like, if you're, if you're in this record label, then you need to have these qualities and record this type of music and dress this way, right. because that's a Tamla record. Or that's a such and such record. And if you're Motown, you're the best out of all of those to yeah. move up to Motown. Like specialization of labor. It's the factory assembly thing. Yeah, again. for sure. They're the ones that specialize in that. Right. You know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he starts to uh, uh, Smokey Robinson and the Miracles uh, end up doing Shop Around. You've really got a hold on me. Um, and they just start knocking out a, a ton of different hits. And um you can just hear he, it in your head. As soon as you say the title, you just hear it. Yeah, yeah. He um, wrote copyrights. He, he copyrighted his songs. He did uh, over 70 songs in 1959. Just a, a little a ton, bit. Man. Yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah. you write more than one a week. Uh, yeah. 52 weeks in a year. So just right. like knocking out a couple songs a week. And none of them were for him. I mean, he wasn't, he didn't, you know, he wasn't the musician. 
but um, he worked with a place in Detroit called the United Sound Systems, which was the best studio in town. And uh, he finally realized this, you know, we're spending so much fucking money on this. We've got to have our own studio. And that was when they uh, bought the facility, which is now a museum on uh, West Grand Boulevard, which is now Barry Gordy Jr. Boulevard, um, just in the middle of a fucking neighborhood. Just yeah, bought a house. It, it, it was all houses. They just <laughs> yeah. kept buying the houses on the block to be like, oh, this is like production. This is like storage. This is this. Right. And just buy another house. Just the next door, next door, next door. Just kept buying houses. It's so cool. They walk into that <laughs> studio. There's all this equipment, all these fucking knobs, all this shit. And they're like, yeah, it was one track. It's like one track. What is yeah. all this shit? It's still one track. And they finally got two tracks. And they're like, oh, man, we'll, well put the singer in another all room. Of that, all of that, st- all of it had inputs, but yeah. it all went to one track. Yeah, right. Like a, right. They had a huge board, but, you know. Just only one way to record it was one thing yeah so yeah he ended up so he bought hitsville usa in 1959 the ground floor of the house was the administrative offices and the the recording studio and then he and his wife lived on the second floor um and then they bought they started to buy they just bought up the neighborhood they bought a house and called it the joe bet publishing office they bought a house which was the barry gordy jr enterprise they bought a house that was just for the finance department they bought a house that was for artistic personal development. They bought two houses for more administrative offices and they bought a house for international talent management. So they just started to buy up the whole fucking neighborhood. And I would imagine, and I didn't really see this, but I'm guessing some of those fucking musicians probably also bought houses right there. Yeah. It's like, if I live in Detroit and I'm recording all the time, and this motherfucker's going to call me at three 30 in the morning yeah. and tell me to get down here. I might It'd as be well. Across Cause you see photos and it's just like, they're in the front yard barbecuing and it's just all these fucking super famous people fucking just hanging out in the neighborhood. And I guess it gave a mad street cred too. Cause as Motown mm-hmm. is getting fucking popular, it's like, they just live two blocks away. You know, I yeah. see him at the grocery store. I said hi to fucking Stevie Wonder the other day. You know, yeah. it's like you're there in me, the middle. I said hi. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so by the end, so that was in 1959. By the end of 1966, uh, they were making about $20 million a year and they had 450 employees. That's pretty in, good. In the course of five years. Yeah. Um, and yeah, ends up with 46 different labels and, uh, has a main writing team, which was called Holland, Dozier, and Holland. It was three people who wrote a ton of the hits, uh, the biggest Motown hits. And then at one point, they ended up leaving because of a pay dispute um, in the late 60s. And that was about when he was starting to let the artists record their own music anyway. But um, yeah, so they just start knocking out uh, tons and tons of hits. And from everything that I saw, like the, a lot of people talked about like Gordy's gift and it was, he was kind of like the Steve jobs of music. Like he was just assembling teams and he was like, he would identify a musician who had raw talent and he would bring them on and like, put them like, okay, you're going to do backup singing for Smokey, you know, for these two tours and build your chops. And then I'm going to have you do this. And then, you know, we're going to get you to start dressing well, and then we'll give you a record, you know, and he would like, he would get talent and educate them musically, culturally, like build them up. Um, Teach, show them the ropes too. Yeah, absolutely. Or just putting them on, you know, he's getting them, getting them used to a tour, getting them used to what's going on, getting used to the program, you know, and then, and then, and then putting them on, you know, so they weren't, they weren't new. 
and everybody told him to sign the Jackson five. They had already had some, some releases and early on, like all before he did Motown, like he was, they, he would like lease a record to a different record label. So it would be like he would lease this record to United Artists. So like for the next five years, you could make the royalties and sell it at record stores. But after those five years, it's my song again, which was super fucking smart piece probably too. probably gets a piece. But he ultimately retained the royalties right because he didn't just sell them to United Artists. He leased leased them, which is fucking brilliant, you know, Um, but yeah, he he, when they uh, met the Jacksons. Uh, he wasn't interested because he didn't want to work with a kid act, but I guess Gladys Knight specifically like changed his mind and was like, you got to fucking sign these people. Are you crazy right now? Dude, little Michael, dude, he's like yeah. James Brown shuffling across the fucking floor. He had moves like he could move when he was little, dude. Like, Killing it, dance. dude. His Killing vocals, it. I was looking, I was like, man, I wonder how much, and they have the fucking other Jacksons, the whoever's still surviving, like also sitting there in an interview like four wide talking about that and i was like god dude, you know was and, there, even, and yeah was there like resentment at that point but i was like how could they even argue it dude i bet they couldn't sing like that no they're playing there, guitar and bass and they're singing but there's not- a song that pops up into my music feed every so often um that's called can you feel it mm-hmm. and it's by the jackson Macho five Man. but it's uh, like late so it's like michael jackson's already like an adult and every so often he would go back and record something with the Jacksons. Um, and like the song comes on and it's catchy and it's like this funky kind of disco ish song. And like whoever's singing first, it's like Tito or Jermaine. You're like, Oh, this is a cool track. And it's the Jacksons. And then like when the music pauses and it's ready for Michael's verse, and like before he does, you just get that like as he's yeah. like, he hasn't even <laughs> yeah. started yet. And he just makes that sound and you just get chills. And you're like, oh, God damn. And Here then come, he just yeah. fucking slays it, dude. Yeah, like at a level no one in the family could compare to. Yeah. And then the next guy has to get up and sing. And you're like, eh. And then he's Michael so comes back. And I, mean, and so I, mean, I mean, to be fair, I mean, to be, to be fair, it's no one really in the world can compare with. No, you know what I mean? no, like, true. Fucking, very true. Like very few people can hang. But to have that like range and fucking just like insight to even know to do this to go there musically, yeah, yeah. he does, yeah, and I don't even think it's thought about. It's just no natural. natural. Yeah, it's it's just what he does. You know, it's it's what he does, and and whatever whatever about it just just resonates with everybody else. You should absolutely watch hits because I don't think that's what's crazy. Like there's there's artists that transcend genres you know what i mean like there's artists that like no matter what type of music they are every other person in the world can listen to that person right yes you know what i mean like i hate this type of music or i don't like that type of music all this and that and then all of a sudden there's that you have to like respect you have to be like you can you yes everyone it's it's undeniable right that they are universally listenable you know uh, which is impressive, you know what I mean? Because we are so eclectic as a culture. Mm-hmm. I mean, just in just in America, you know what I mean? Like it's it's so we're so divided on our tastes. What would be like something like a beautiful sunset across like clouds and horizon? It's like yeah. it'd be hard. Who doesn't what really percentage like those, of person you know? is going to look at that and be like, huh, yeah. bah humbug? Bah, it's going to be very yeah. small, and it's, <laughs> it's not because they don't like it. It's because something made them yeah. not like you know, right. Like, yeah, for not, sure. Yeah. Like, so same you know, kind of thing. their wife left of, them on the sunset, you know, yeah, and so it's some like music like, like that. Sunsets. It's like a universal language of, of humans. It's, it's built yeah. into our, no, it's like yeah. going to the grand Canyon. 
Yeah. Right. Like, you know, the like it's going to be breathtaking. For it's going to be breathtaking. Like yes. you can't help it. You can't. Right. Cause, and I you can't tried, say you've seen a bigger canyon. No. You know no, what I mean? Can't. Like, because <laughs> I tried to help it. Fuzzy drove our little fucking black asses to the Grand Canyon. And it was like a fucking two day trip. Yeah. And we were just like, are you like, oh, we were so mad, dude. We were so mad. It was like, we're going to where? To do, to do what? To look at a fucking hole in the hole? ground? Yeah. And we got fucking caught in a snowstorm in Flagstaff and had to break into the fucking yeah. apartment we were staying in. Um, That's because he didn't rent it. More than likely. <laughs> in retrospect. <laughs> no, the whole thing was like a come, you know, you get yeah. a weekend here if you do a timeshare pitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he did a weekend there. And then we went to the, and it was just like, oh my God. And we had to fucking wake up at the crack of dawn. And he was like, come on, we want to watch the sun come up over the Grand Canyon. And we were like, fuck off. And like, we got there, just bad attitude. And that fucking sun came up and every ounce of bad attitude immediately erased from our souls. It was just like, oh my God, you have no choice but to be in awe of it. And I think that's what certain music hits. It's like, you don't have a choice. Yeah. And that's, yeah. And it's just, it's universally good to everyone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can, you can set and anyone can listen to that song and not be upset about it. Right. (laughs) Right. You know what I mean? Like, and, and that, that's amazing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that. That is, super rare that's fucking rare yeah you know? so yeah and then the other thing that he did which we already talked about was you know cultivating people and, and building them up and i know specifically i read that marvin gay was immune to going through like the the talking dressing lessons because he was already that like yeah. he was just smooth as fuck he dressed impeccably. He sp- like he just he's so smart and clever, and his interviews are brilliant. And they actually the label was right. For. They were like, yeah. "You're gonna cut." He actually helped train a lot of the the younger artists. Like, this is how you present yourself, you know, um, because he was already there. And so was a, was, a guy named Junior Walker, who's less known, but he was like the same kind of level. But goddamn, Marvin was. Um, and then like Smokey or not Smokey, but Barry Gordy said um, later, I don't know when he said this is from one of the articles I read. He said into the sixties, I was still not a, of a frame of mind that we were not only making music, we were making history, but I did recognize the impact because acts were going all over the world um, all the time. I recognized the bridges that we crossed, the racial problems and barriers that we broke down with music. I recognized that because I lived it. I would come to the South in the early days of Motown and the audiences would be segregated. They started to get the Motown music and we would go back out there and audiences were integrated and the kids were dancing together and holding hands. Like that's gotta be a head trip. Yeah. Yeah, They said uh, there was two guys, I can't remember their names, but they were talking about one day Martin Luther King came walking in because it had had such a profound effect on. I was going to say, I bet you you that was something Martin Luther King was like recognized, you know, that's pretty cool. So the Motown sound, um, I kept reading stuff on it and it got so fucking highly technical that I was like, okay, but I got one article that broke it down to where I could kind of, uh, get what was going on. Cause there's definitely a Motown sound and they said that it was a handful of things. It was, um, they said it was structured songs with sophisticated melodies and chord changes. There was a four beat drum pattern. There was a gospel use of background voices. Um, so you had a touch of church in there. Um, a regular use of horns and strings. Lead singers who were halfway between pop and gospel music. 
accompanying musicians who were just incredibly brilliant and um they limited the um eq to basically be effective over am radio right so the final sound mix <clears throat> of a motown song was not much bass to maximize uh am radio so that ended up being the Motown sound because that was the technology. I'm sure late in Motown that would have shifted because they were hitting FM radios. But you know, when you're selling your records all over the place and most of the places are still low powered yeah, AM stations, you want them to sound for sure the best on whatever platform it's yep. going to be on. Yep. Yeah. So that was it. But yeah, I think the gospel thing was there and like the horns and strings. If I think about like Motown songs, like the good, they tend to have horns and strings, you know, uh, which wasn't necessarily the case with all the music coming out at the time. Like if you listen to a lot of soul music that isn't Motown, you might not have had horns, and strings, at least not at first. But then when Motown blew up, everybody started to try to copy the Motown sound. And like to the point that like um, some of the artists said that people would, I think it was Smokey. There's an actual quote talking about the Motown sound. He said, people would listen to it and they'd say, aha, they use more bass or they use more drums. Bullshit. When we were first successful with it, people were coming from Germany, France, Italy, Mobile, Alabama, New York, Chicago, California, from everywhere just to record in Detroit. They figured it was in the air that if they came to Detroit and recorded on the freeway, they'd get the Motown sound. Listen, the Motown sound to me is not an audible sound. It's spiritual, and it comes from the people that make it happen. What other people didn't realize is that we just had one studio here but we recorded in Chicago, Nashville, New York, LA, almost every big city. And we still got the Motown sound. So it was like, they knew how to mix it, what to do. And again, that was all Barry Gordy's vision, you know, but I can't imagine there had to be an, there had to have been a million studios in Detroit in those days. Cause everybody would have wanted to record just like Nashville is right now. If you want to get into country music, you got to fucking go to Nashville. You know, because yeah. there's a million studios and small record labels. And, yeah. Austin, uh, Texas is kind of crazy big now, too. It's get, Yeah, it's probably moved. Like, there's there's different places. I mean, yeah, Austin's you, always been a big yeah. music city. What's that TV show? What's that? Aust- Austin City Limits or Austin? Uh, it sounds familiar. I'm not sure, though. I know it's just it's about. it's a bunch of uh, they basically do live shows of and it's usually either country or blues musicians and you can find like some really cool, like for me, I found really cool blues performances on there. Like there's a really cool Stevie Ray Vaughan Mm -hmm. one and they just play outdoors at some particular amphitheater outside of Austin. I think Austin city limits. I think that sounds right. Yeah. I think it's on PBS. I'm sure you can find it, but if you like country or blues, I'm sure if you look them up, whoever you like has probably done a set on that show. Um, but yeah, so the Motown factory, the studio was open 22 hours a day. I'm not sure why they closed for two hours. The engineer needed a, a break. I guess. Fuck. Um, so they would they would maybe, record. Maybe it had some type of uh, like local ordinance, like bars. You oh, know, maybe. You close at four. Maybe, yeah. Business, at six, yeah. you know, business hours. Maybe. But yeah, so you would, they would, you would show up, you would record your album, the album would get pressed and spread around the country. And then you would tour to spread the album and you would usually go on a tour for like four to six weeks. Then you would come back to Detroit, 
record as many songs as you could go right back on tour for four to six weeks. And the whole, like when you were on tour for four to six weeks in those four to six weeks, all the other bands, you know, this next week, Diana Ross is going to be here recording songs and then she's going to go on tour. And then the week after that, Marvin Gaye is going to be recording yeah, songs and he's going to go. So it was just this revolving door, just yeah. fucking churning out hits. Um, That's crazy. Yeah. And Barry Gordy would hold those quality control meetings every Friday morning. Um, and he would always have veto power, but all that, like, like Brent was talking about, all the artists would sort of argue about it. And on that documentary, I think it was that documentary. You, there is some audio of some of those meetings happening. Yeah. They're, and they're like, well, nothing big to me, like major songs or someone's like, yeah, it's not really, I don't know, whatever. I could take it or leave it. And it's things like my girl. And you're like, whoa, is that just some fucking beef? Like someone's got a little hate. Cause I'm no, sure there was a little bit of that going on. I mean, maybe, but I mean, probably, I mean, you have to think of on their angle, they're not as like simple as far as music goes than we are, you know, or, or even just the average listener, you know right. what I mean? So right. uh, to them, it might not be that crazy. You know what I mean? Like they they might think that, Oh, that that's kind of a simple song. It's nothing, you know, whatever, you know, and, and not really realize like what the public will think of it. Sure. And that's the importance of having multiple inputs. You know? Yes. Yeah. So, and just to, and I think those meetings, are probably what made it so successful. And again, that's why I thought about Saturday Night Live because it's like the Lauren Michaels or the Barry Gordy is the ultimate voice, the ultimate vote on what's happening. But he has assembled, you know, they've assembled the yeah. best musicians or the best comedians. They're in the room and I trust them because they're yeah. damn good at what they do. And they're going to pitch all this shit. And it's like, that one just doesn't resonate yet. Go back and work on it for a week. You well, know? think about, think yeah, about, I mean, if you're think not about the best, this you're way. not going to last. Think about it this way too, though. Like, like, uh, think about the last, like an album, Brent, like one of your favorite bands or something, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, and your favorite song on that album probably isn't the number one hit off of that album. Yeah, maybe. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, you, you, like, like a lot of times like that, that most popular song, the one that was on the radio, the one that everybody well, knows especially them for, these days. Cause the radio you like is not this. as much of a factor, especially for like weird indie off, yes. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. folk stuff that's yeah. like not getting radio play. Cause you just stumble across an artist and then yes. you're like, Oh, I really like this song. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. not like, cause uh, prior to that, it was like, they picked it and mm-hmm. they pushed it. They're like, yes. here's a whole album yeah, yeah, of 10 yeah. songs. Here's two that we think are the hit. But people even, li- people even like those things because they right. like those songs. Like, yeah. you know, and then you're like, no, I don't like that song i like this song you know like that's my favorite song on the album and even so even in the current era it's like this i'll see the same thing happen because i'll you know i'll get you know i use youtube music as my streaming service and i'll and nobody really makes records anymore either they make no a record yeah it's one song and they put them out and then it becomes a catalog yeah but you'll I'll, i'll hear the one song that i really like and then when i go to search that artist there's like four songs that are dominating every search that I do. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, those are their hits. Obviously those I don't give pushed, a fuck yeah. about it. I'm like, I'm trying to hear this one, you know, which is, you know, which isn't super popular. When's the last time you saw an actual record store? Like not, not a record store, but like, like a fucking Sam Goody or a fucking, you know, they sell CDs and shit. I don't think, I don't think I haven't seen one. There's like fucking, independent ones, but I don't think yeah, there's yeah, a yeah. chain. Yeah, I think saying. world like, records is, no, is still open downtown. Yeah. Is that well? That's no, on no, F no, no, Street. no, that no. moved yeah. to F Street, and that's and that's records and going underground. 
Um, but yeah, that's, those, those are, are independently locally think, owned. I'm talking about like, yeah, like he's saying like a Sam Goody or a chain. Like, can you go buy something? At, well, now Walmart has an album section, but you know what they I mean? Sell, they sell vinyl. vinyl. Vinyl got popular. Yeah. yeah. So I don't even think they sell but CDs You can't buy or CDs anymore, though. I don't think so. I don't even Isn't know. Isn't that weird? Walmart Maybe had their can. whole own CD version. Oh, yeah. Every yeah. CD. Yeah. With no the whole yeah. back of Barnes & Noble was nothing but CDs. Oh, that's true. Barnes yeah. & Noble. Oh, yeah. And you could go listen to them, you know, you'd fucking have those dirty ass headphones on the back wall. I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, listen to it. Too. The library, library yeah. has a bunch of shit like huh. that. Yeah, but you don't see true. like like actual like like music stores anymore. Like you would go into to buy music. No, there's know? no point because even like Guitar Center, they don't even sell albums. They used to sell vinyl, and I didn't even see any vinyl in, in there. Guitar Center, really? Yeah, it's weird. The grand opening Guitar Center. I don't remember there ever being records anymore. Yeah, they had they had records. They where had like a, they had like a little the guitar room, they had the acoustic room. They had yeah, the it was out there by it was by the keyboard room by where uh, by the room. by the uh, wire wall for the for the guitars. Where the mm. strings are, the string wall. It was like right there. Uh, there was other shit on it, but they had records. Oh, yeah, they had albums. They, they could have, albums. Like, uh, they didn't have a whole lot of stuff. They had books to teach you how to play. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Get, yeah. Like, a learn but how they to had like a little jam. album yeah. section. Yeah. Yeah, maybe in that corner. But they don't have it anymore. Yeah, I don't know. You're supposed to just get it online, I guess. Yeah. But even Target, though, they're doing exclusive albums. Like mm-hmm. they do, like. Yeah, like there's uh, a, a. The Wu Tang's. The Wu Tang is fucking a yellow album. You know what I mean? Like I got No, they do that a lot. Like I'm kind of pissed off. Dr. it's a clear album, you know? There's a. Prince album that's getting re-released it's purple, on vinyl. Maybe. It's purple. No, it's a, it, the if you buy, it's like a it's a two album set, and Target is selling one pressed on white vinyl, like oh. like part A, and Target only is Walmart is selling part B. So it's like if you want, you can buy the they'll they're both selling them pressed in uh, traditional so black Target, vinyl. Okay, so the one if, I saw was the Purple Rain. Uh, it's a purple vinyl at Target. Yeah, this one, this is this is called the hits the B sides, um, and you, if you go to Prince.com, you can buy both of them in the white vinyl. But if you want to buy them at a record store, you can only get the white vinyl at Target and the other one white no, vinyl. At okay, Walmart. so there's so Target also has uh, Welcome to America uh, exclusive yes. and Sino Sino the, the Times exclusive. They have a bunch of exclusive Prince. They ones. do. And they're so, all, yeah, they're, they're not super, I mean, they're stuff. exclusive, but you can also get all of them at Prince.com. So it's like, you can get them oh, directly Milky from. White Vinyl right there. Hits, yeah. hits one. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Oh, Prince.com. Yeah. Yeah. They have amazing shit on Prince. If you like Prince, man, you got to go to that website because they, the re-releases, the remasters that they've been dropping since he died, they're fucking unbelievable. Uh, yeah. I often wonder, like, I like the big Prince hits, but I don't know <laughs> Prince like you know Prince. And I'm like, man, I, I don't know if I would like all of it or not, but I do definitely like a lot of the big stuff. I had a Purple Rain album, like a little seven inch record when I was younger. You need this one for what's this Let's one? Uh, Prince. Prince explicit lyrics. You need yeah, that, that was the fucking picture. Dude, that dude, cover, the cover, yeah, his little, his little rat thieving. mustache, yeah, his little yeah. rat mustache. Yeah, yeah. see, Dave even knows. Yeah, yeah, you need that one. I hang that on the wall. I think I have my original one of those. Dave even got a Prince comic book cover that's like the Prince fucking the Batgirl. Is it Batgirl? Yeah, yeah. She's on the motorcycle, the one, the Purple Rain. Yep. And I've yeah. got the Prince comic book. They oh, came out cool. in the nineties. There's know. probably so much print shit. Like if you really tried to collect, oh, it, it's yeah, probably there really endless. Is. Um. So in 1972, he relocates the the. I mean, Motown is still in Motown. They're still doing stuff there, but he relocates the headquarters to Los Angeles because it's starting to become a a point where we need visuals along with the music. We're doing, you know, we're recording live concerts. We need to have a presence in L.A. Cause that's where everything is. Um, 
and he ends up moving to to L.A. And uh, Smokey Robinson said he was so against it that he was like finding books about uh, California earthquakes and mm-hmm. sending him like mm-hmm. our, our newspaper articles about smog. Like he was trying that everything he funny. could do to deter him from doing it. He's like, but I didn't see what he saw. I just he's like. You know, and that's that that leans towards like the the value in everyone or the value in someone um, like Barry because he's like he can't sing or write like those artists, and he recognizes that he his, has the talent, his talent. His yeah. talent is the vision, yeah. orchestrating yeah. it, m- making all the moving parts work together. You know, and it's just uh, everybody has their their strong suit, and no matter how smart you think you are, someone might yeah. see something from a different perspective that you well, don't, that, or see something that, coming. and you you project your fears on everybody else. Like True. you know, you don't want to move to L.A. You that's know, a big then, move. And, yeah, yeah, you're, you're scared, and yeah. you know, yeah. so you're gonna project your fears and say, you know, that's not gonna work, and you know, all those things like telling somebody, oh, you can't start a business, and no, no, you can't start a business, motherfucker. You it know, is, like, yeah, it's a different it's, thing. It's like those, your comfort zone, things. like, causes complacency for sure. Where yeah. you're like, man, I'm comfortable, I'm safe right now. This is yeah. good. And, I could just keep yeah. doing this at this level. Yes. And a lot of people think it was really one of the best things for Motown because that was when, so those other writers had just quit. He moves there. And that was the same kind of time where he starts to let the, the better known Motown acts are now like, okay, do, do your thing. I trust you. And that was when we got Marvin Gaye's. They actually really, really needed that. They did need it. It needed to happen. In 71, Marvin Gaye recorded What's Going On, the album. Then he got recorded Let's Get It On in 73. Stevie Wonder did Music of My Mind, which is like an all-time classic in 72. You know how how many fucking people wouldn't have been born without Let's Get It On? Fuck yeah, dude. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) increased the population by 1.5%. Yeah, Josh Burton wouldn't be here. Oh, God damn, that's a good song. Fuck. Um. But I've been in so many movies. Oh, dude, and it's so, just life. that yeah, opening that riff. Just, dear, dear, yeah. dear, dear, that guitar hits. And people you're just do you think like, have oh. fucked to that song? Oh, disproportionately. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, dude. Disproportionately. Yeah. Oh, millions. 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 Another song yeah. Yeah. that you would do that to. You know what I mean? I mean, like, there's others, but I mean, I mean you have some other Isaac songs. Yeah, like, yeah, you have other songs. And I'm songs, sure a lot of people would also. That is the most recognizably universal fucking You hear those, like Dave said, you hear that start out, like you fucking know. Everyone thinks that. Your grandma thinks that. Yeah. And yeah. sexual healing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. don't, sexual don't, don't healing, discount yeah. sexual healing. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Which, There's other which, songs, but yeah. like, that one is the token fuck yeah. song. You know? <laughs> For sure. Well, he had, uh, you know, yeah. they had a rule too. It was, it was like, get them in 10 seconds. Yeah. And that was a huge thing. Like if they didn't hear it in 10 yeah. seconds, they'd be like, stop the record. Yeah. Go back and work on it. Yeah. Yep. Cause they, they need, and a lot of those I, dude, the opening what? fucking I'm, riff, the opening vocal is I'm like, like got you. I'm like that with, with music if like I, i'm playing a song and that first part even if the next part's like halfway decent i'm like that first i can't listen to that first part yeah you didn't hook me you gotta and have I, the hook and i and I'll even yeah and and i'm still like that to this day like i listen yeah. to music and i'm like nope right away i think like, a lot fucking, of times producers don't think about like the collective of the songs too i remember like yeah. my wife had a fucking like christina aguilera album or some bullshit yeah and it would fucking it was like in the car i was like oh my god fuck this fucking cd dude he'd be like, she did this shit mm-hmm. in the beginning where she's like scat fucking like mm-hmm. I could see her hand moving like she's doing that thing yeah. where she's like, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, through, yeah. and then you like next. And it was like, and like next. You're like, oh, my God, dude, the fucking first five seconds of every track on this fucking yeah, leave it on one. Yeah, leave, fucking, yeah. like, leave it on one of the songs. Yeah. Like, yeah. Jesus, like get your vocal range yeah. in, cut that let her warm up and then fucking <laughs> cut that part out and have the real song. Yeah. Don't yeah. have the fucking warm up yeah. throat exercise at the beginning of That's every the, fucking song. Yeah, like, exactly, like, every exactly. song. yeah baby so once he's in la um it's also a great maneuver 
because some fucking just classic movies, he's the producer, he's the head on. So he does Lady Singing the Blues, which is uh, starring Diana Ross. It's the movie about Billie Holiday. Uh, Richard Pryor is in it. Billy D. Williams um, is is in it, and it, it's really what put Billy D. Williams like at the top of the. Of and the he had game. to fight for that. Yeah, he did have to fight. They for didn't it. want him to be the guy. I and mean, then he ended up. How do you um, not want Billy D. Williams? Man, that is he wasn't Billy right D. Williams there. yet. Man. Billy yes. D. Williams, it's Billiam. Yeah, that's a real Billiam. <laughs> but and I Kinda, think yeah. he. Didn't he win the Academy Award? Mm. Oh, Diana Ross was nominated for an Academy Award. Um, but uh, then they she did was, a movie. She called, was Diana crossed off, though. She, she <laughs> was. It was sad. Yeah. They did a, a movie called Mahogany, which I don't really know. Then in 1978, thank you, fucking Barry Gordy. He fucking released The Wiz. Mm. So one of the most I was talking amazing about weird dudes with roller skate hands. Was it the Wiz that had that? Probably. We're, we're trying to figure that out. It's those dudes that roll around with roller skate hands. I think it was the Wiz. I don't know. I don't. I'm not picturing roller. You remember, skate I tried to say that, and you like Wiz. it was like their front hands were like fucking roller blades or some shit. No, there's like some creatures no? that walk like their hands and like they. You can't tell the difference between their hands and legs, and they walk through, but they're not on roller skates. There's some roller skating that goes. Oh, it's down like the Wizard movie. of Oz. Fucking what is that? The Wiz. I, yeah. You've never seen The Wiz? No. I'm, Fucking I'm, amazing. I'm, Michael Jackson is like the main star, right? Yeah. That's so Diana yeah. Ross plays Dorothy. Michael Jackson. Oh, it is Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Michael Jackson like, the plays the, the. Tin Man? The, no, the. Lion? The Scarecrow. Oh, Scarecrow. Nipsey Russell plays the Tin Man. Uh, a guy named Ted Ross plays the Cowardly Lion, a.k.a. Fleetwood Coupe DeVille, which is so fucking badass. Um, and it all takes place in this Nipsey hustle got his name from Nipsey yeah. hustle. Okay. And it all takes place in this bizarre dystopian version of like the inner city where everything it's so bizarre. It's one of the weirdest movies you're ever going to fucking Richard watch. Pryor. One of the slamminess over here, the soundtrack fucking slaps. It is so dope. That movie. Oh, fuck it. Frames oh, my yes. childhood. That fucking movie. dude. I gotta, yeah. I gotta find out these roller skate hand guys. It's driving me mad. It <laughs> look like it's the whiz. <laughs> And equally impressive um, is oh, yes. in 1985 was Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. Um, that, he produced that? Yeah, man. With, really? Uh, Bruce Leroy getting the glow and fighting oh, Shonoff, wow. the Shogun of Harlem. Fucking, fucking Snow Babies fantastic. are on that album. The fucking the, the Wiz soundtrack. The Wiz? Fucking Snow Babies, dude. What's, the, what's that? Song. Fucking Snow Babies. Snow Glenda's babies. theme. Fool. The whole fucking the Snow Baby? You never heard of the Snow Babies? I'm not hearing it in my head, no. No, not the song. The Snow Babies are uh, their it's a group. band. Yeah. Oh no, I don't know. I'm not familiar. But yeah, Quincy watch Jones. if you've never seen The Wiz, watch it. And if you've never seen The Last Dragon, fucking watch it. The Last Dragon. The Glow, bro. The Glow. Bruce I used to watch that. I used to watch every the fucking Last martial Dragon. arts movie you could fucking watch back yeah, in man. the day, man. Uh, uh, a martial arts movie? Vanity, the, like Princess Girl Ninjas. Vanity was the lead. I watched those. The Last yeah, he Dragon. he's basically this little this this uh black ute who's oh. like obsessed with bruce lee and his name is bruce leroy oh. and there's the <laughs> so show good. the bruce shogun leroy. of harlem show nuff who is the master show nuff and he has to get the glow say, where you your body will glow with the power of uh martial arts i want to say i've seen this and his master like his master is named some dumb guy spoiler alert he got the glow oh, great yeah it's Fantastic. on the cover yeah 
I'm looking so it up good. on my streaming app just to see if it's available. Uh, that is a classic, cl- dude. That's a that needs to be on a shirt. Fuck yeah, it is. 1985, best year. And I will never forget. Seven. Like I don't know, ten years ago, like the last time I had a party, probably 12, 13, 14 years ago. My buddy Zach came over, and everybody was drinking, hanging out in the backyard. And like the last dragon happened to come on at like two in the morning. And Zach came inside and he was getting ready to leave. And he was like, oh, fuck the last dragon and sat down because he couldn't leave because the last dragon was on. And I am not exaggerating. He said in time, every single fucking line of the movie that everyone delivered. He had watched that movie probably more than anyone has ever watched any movie. That's funny. I can do that with rad racing and Goonies. Guess guess what I got coming up Saturday? Hmm. Two days. We got a, a magic draft, and guess what's going to be playing? The Last Dragon. Nice. Yes. Nice. Yeah. I could do that with Goonies, Neverending Story, and Rad, probably. Ferris Bueller, I'm pretty Rad? fucking good, too. That's Rad a, Racing, really? I fucking watched the fuck out of that dude. We watched because it was. I'm, like, I'm like that with Happy Gilmore. I can't say every line, oh, yeah, but Happy, Happy Gilmore, Gilmore is fucking. I'm I got. Pretty I'm pretty good. I think I'm, I'm, I'm at least sixty percent on the lines. I'm probably like I that with Empire Strikes Back and The Wiz. To be perfect, mm. why did why Empire Strikes Back? Like, why was that the one? That's strange. That's the, that was that's the one, the, man. That was the one yeah. I watched. The mo- I would. Which I one's watch the first one? Why they start with episode five? I don't understand episode the Star four. Wars thing. Four. Episode four. Yeah. Yeah. Where did the other three? Because his vision was it was a nine piece epic. Okay, and he thought that the most commercial trilogy was the middle trilogy. Hmm. So about, he started. So why he did he st- have to put the episodes on there? Just call it something else. I don't know. That that confused me because I was like, why, "Why am I starting with four? Well, because hmm. he saw it as a serial. He saw it as an ongoing project, and he would eventually record all nine of them. Yeah, but wouldn't you want to watch them in order? Apparently not. Man, they must have sucked. I think the big hook was Empire Strikes Back. I think he wanted that moment to happen and blow sooner, mind. sooner than later. Yeah, yeah. But no, I really wish. It. I mean, he he wasn't a great director, to be perfectly honest. No, but I do wish he stayed for the final trilogy. I do. I do have to say the the visionary effect, the visionary visionary effect of it. Like those, like watching um, Star Wars. Like the original ones, they really like the effects almost still stand up today. Like that's what's pretty fucking crazy, good, man. Yeah, they're, they're not, not like not crazy. Like I know we have these crazy effects, but like when you watch it, you don't feel like oh that was like really cheesy. I don't know if you're real like, on some of that. Really like cheesy. when you shoot a fucking laser gun and it hits some shit, like maybe it's that lackluster. Like maybe that's what it would really look like. Well, not, I'm just saying, not, like when you're watching it though, like if you're watching it. You're not saying to yourself like, "Oh my god, these no, are like the most the cheesy effects lightsabers ever." Are fucking yeah, they're great. like everything. And here's like, the thing: all the effects are yeah. the costumes are great. Like my thing, like, and I it is the same. A really good. I say the same thing about uh, 2001: A Space Odyssey, oh, which came out in like '67. But it's like That's if wild. you watch not '67, that '67, fucking crazy. If you watch any oh, other yeah. science fiction movie that came out in '67. It is fucking garbage. It's like yeah. danger, danger. Like yeah, they, got, they got, they got like fucking. You can see the string. Yes, like fucking, like yeah. And the same thing with Star Wars. If you watch any other movie that came out in 1977 when the first Star Wars came out, it's, it's fucking terrible. garbage. It's Battlestar Chrome helmets and yeah. fucking yes, like, yeah. and you can still watch Star Wars and be like, oh, some of that still really fucking stands up. Like, yeah, that it's was, not. It's really not bad. Like, no. not even some know. of it. Most all it, of yeah, it. Yeah, really. it's, it's it's really. To be it, honest, it, you want to know what doesn't stand up? All the shit that he refilmed in the 90s. 
Yeah, probably. Like that's what the, the, his shitty CGI from the late nineties. Stepping on Jabba's tail and yeah, shit. That doesn't stand up. You know, you can't get the original fucking episodes. Like, they, no, they don't get sell it. them anymore. They, and like they, they like lost the footage. And the only thing that exists is like the overwritten shit, like where they made the edit. So you can't get like the original, yeah. original shit. That's yeah. crazy. That you would lose like one of the most epic, <sighs> yeah. you know, trilogy yeah. film. Like there's like people things, try to find like did anyone records this part, like on a fucking off the TV or something like does someone have this scene. Like I can't remember what's missing, but there's some missing parts that they still need. Wow. And they're hoping that in an archive or some individual like private person just has like it recorded onto their VCR. And some tapes gonna show up, and then they can or remaster beta that. Or some yeah. shit, yeah. Wow, that's fucking. I had insane. a beta of Empire Strikes Back for a long time. I don't think I still have it though. Came across it. You worked at a pet store that sold betas. I, too. I did, yeah. Yeah, I did. they did. Sell I them. almost opened a store called Beta Craze. Oh wow! I was did like, you? betas were so popular they at still one are. fucking point. Are they popular again? Fuck yeah, dude! They were way crazy popular. We sold, I sold and ordered so many fucking betta fish yeah. from PetSmart I that up. I thought about opening a beta fucking store. Yeah, the dude, the dude I buy fish from, he has betas, and they're like 35, 40 bucks a piece. What? Oh yeah, yeah they're beautiful. Maybe they're though. hard like, to get. Uh, yes, they are. It's like Bob's Tropical. Um, I sold the fuck out of betas. They were so popular. Every woman wanted one on their desk. It was just like a yeah. fucking like it was yeah, that, crazy. Like, these fucking crazy. Oh, those are wild. That's oh, cool. they got crazy ass betas. Like I don't it's even like, like betas that much. Yeah. yeah, calico beta. I don't even like betas that much, but they're fucking. They have all these fucking crazy oh, yeah. Yeah. like. Oh yeah, they're cool looking. Yeah, it's a they're Japanese just... fighting fish. It's fucking cool. They look. They're beautiful. Yeah. You can't put two males together. You can have a bunch of females. But... Yeah, you can put a mirror. Like they don't seem aggressive oh, at all. They're just flowing. Yeah. If you put a mirror up next to the fucking enclosure, it will fucking flare up and put its fucking fins out and get all aggressive. Yeah. It's wild. They have so many. They I hardly have, even look. They have so many colors of them. They're just fucking. That's crazy. why I wanted to do because we had like. These color rocks and these color themes. Like I had this whole fucking thing planned out. It was called Beta Craze. Like I had mm-hmm. a little business plan for it. Like I, I was always scheming to fucking yeah, start a business of some sort. Yeah, cups of yep. betas. Yeah, thirty five dollars for a beta. Oh, and and up. I think they were eight bucks. No, they're, when I they're, sold them. They're, yeah, yeah. I mean, basic ones. Yeah, but if you buy these like fucking special ones. They're, they're and Dave, they live yeah. in a fucking cup that looks like a urine sample, bro. Like yeah, they live in they the do. smallest environment. It's fucking crazy. They do because I think they, they, they actually live in, in puddles tanks. in their yeah. um in their like native environment. They live in like puddles, like so yeah. it's not that crazy. These oh, guys wow. trying to fight each other through the glass. That's yeah, like, man. If you put a divider in there, they get fucking yeah. rowdy. You can put like a little divide. It's probably stressful for them though. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, know. probably. It's crazy why they try and beat themselves up. Like, I don't know. The 70s and 80s, uh, the hits keep coming. He gets the Commodores, and then when the Commodores break up, he still has Lionel Richie from the Commodores, fucking Rick James, Tina Marie, the Daz Band, uh, Jose Feliciano, famous for Feliz Navidad, mm-hmm. um, DeBarge. DeBarge, right. DeBarge. You fucking had your uh, Johnny Five theme song without Motown. Damn. What song is it? Who's Johnny? Oh, really? That's fucking funny. Who's Johnny? She said. Um, But then uh, finally in the mid 80s, they were starting to lose money. He sold uh, his cut of it. Everybody was losing money in the 80s. He sold sold it for $61 million. um, But still had the TV production uh, and then sold that a couple of years later um, to a woman who still runs it as a as a movie production company. and then at that point, Motown got bought by a company that got bought by a company that got bought by a company for a little minute. It was owned by, by Def Jam Island records. Um, 
I think it still exists. One of the articles made it sound like it doesn't exist anymore. And then another article made it sound like it sort of had to come back with some recent like hip hop or something. How could anything like that not exist? That's crazy. Like how did that ever fade? Because it's just fucking not the same anymore. Well, and then artists, yeah, because artists also just got kind of like hungry. They're like, oh, I, yeah. and, and recording has changed. Like you don't need all that infrastructure. Like you don't need all that True. top heavy corporate fucking, you know, you not can do anymore. it. You can do it on, on your own. You yeah. know what I mean? It's fucking so crazy. A lot of people do now. Yeah. It's Barry Gordy's estimated to be worth uh, $400 million right now. <laughs> God, dude, $400 million. Yeah, Jesus man. Christ. He's earned every nice. fucking penny of it. And yeah. the other thing is, it's like in an era where artists were all getting fucking raped by their production companies and their record labels, he it seems like Motown broke yeah. that mold. Like they were actually making, I'm sure he was still making a fucking shitload compared to them, but he was like paying these artists like, barely for the for the records they were doing what's Smokey robinson worth because like, they just sit there and have this bet for a hundred dollars like it ain't nothing but four hundred robinson's fucking eyes dude they just fucking hypnotize you dude there was a part where i paused it to go take a piss and came back in my front room dude. and i was like oh he's a fucking lizard people dude man. it is it's like he's on spice or something he seems like, like he might be mixed or something i don't know i like, think he's he is a- mixed Okay, because yeah, he has like a a little yellow. Yeah, he has a very unique look about him. Like you don't get those fucking bright green eyes without being mixed with something. Yeah, dude. When it was on pause, he was like sitting in the middle of an interview, and this way the light was hitting his eyes. I was like, whoa, he looks like he's a fucking lizard person or something, man. He's like, get you. Um, but I wonder how much he's worth. Like just sitting there having the fucking hundred dollar bet is what made me think about it. But right, that's just because a hundred bucks is a lot to me. Smokey Robinson's worth. Let me see. Robinson. He's still alive. 150 million. Fuck. Damn, ain't fucking bad. Yeah, he's still alive. Yeah, he ain't hurting. He's no 82. Way. Damn. Black yeah, don't crack. He looks good. How once he does look come good, out? man. That's what I was thinking when I was watching the documentary because that documentary came out in 2018, and oh, I was man. like, these two motherfuckers do not look as old as they should look. No, they're still like they were doing this shit in like 1957. And... <laughs> like, yeah. fuck. Yeah, fuck, they've seen they, it all, man. They live through some yeah. shit. They've seen the world go digital. Yeah, they have. Yeah, he does yeah. have wild eyes, man. His eyes are crazy. Smoky? Oh, smoke? Yeah. But give it a Dang. listen. If if Motown hasn't been your bag, um, yeah, do, do, a, do a quick uh, run oh, through yeah, some yeah. Motown yeah. catalogs, and you're not going to be disappointed. Yeah, check it out. He's got reptile eyes, man. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, on this they're just man. crazy green, yeah, man. Crazy those green. Are, those are algae green. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a cool motherfucker too, man. That's why I just kept thinking. Like they both seem so like just down to earth, yeah, fucking cool ass dudes. Like they're just yeah. sitting there, and you're like, man, it'd be cool just to fucking. Even if you didn't know shit about Motown and got to have lunch with those motherfuckers, they're just yeah, you'd cool. just be laughing and fucking mm-hmm. yeah, just yeah. telling stories. They've been around everyone. It's fucking yep. crazy. Banging Diana Ross, like fucking crazy <laughs> shit, right? Probably at the same time, yeah, that's fucking wild. All right, so is that Motown? That's Motown. That's Motown. Dave Motown. All right. Um, we are part of the Podbelly Podcast Network. You can go to podbelly.com to check out other cool podcasts like Art and Jacob Do America and Robots for Eyes. Um, this podcast is also made possible by El Yucateco Hot Sauce. It is our primary sponsor. They're nutritious and delicious, and you can get them in most major grocery stores. Um, lots of participation lately. And man, people are fucking stepping up. There's all kinds of posts and tags and find it in the wild and recipes, and we really, really appreciate that. Um, yeah. Every week we do give away a hot sack, so keep that up, and maybe you're going to win. Um, and follow a uh, social media for El Yucateco, like Instagram and Facebook, whatnot. They give away a ton of shit. They give away so much time. shit. 
Follow their Ooh, YouTube shit. channel. They have really cool yeah. fucking recipes that Great they drop. Recipes. Like, they really yeah. do. Like, I'm constantly tempted to make. I haven't pulled the trigger on any recipes, but they do have really good, like, super quick, easy. Like, you watch that and you're like, oh, man, that was like 30 seconds. To, I, I can make that you for You have dinner. to buy food. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit, but it's usually something pretty basic. It's like, I don't know, it's like ground beef and onions. They they make quick, easy looking shit. I don't know, you're confusing me. Yeah, it's easy. It's just like chili. Just get some cans. Yeah, it's like not a big deal. You could could just add it to regular food that you didn't buy. Someone else bought it. Wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Wait a minute. It's a flavor enhancer. They're the king of flavor, actually. They are the king of flavor. Mm -hmm. Who's the queen of flavor? That's a good question. Sarah is the queen of flavor. She has been crowned. Um, so go check them out. You can go to shop and they have six packs. You can mix and match. If you can't come up with a flavor, you're uh, indecisive. You can pick multiple flavors. Or if you've never had it, you should probably pick multiple flavors. Yeah, do that it. Way you, that way you can um, figure out what you like. But also we send it out. I got Teco minis and we send that stuff out all the time. Um, I got like fanny packs and hats and cups and, uh, all kinds of cool shit that they send us that we get to send out. So, uh, we thank them as always. And if you haven't tried it, you definitely should. Um, also check out printdirtcheap.com. You can go to printdirtcheap.com and you can save uh, some money if you use code SofaKingPodcast at checkout. They sell stickers and printed goods. Um, also, uh, two day banners. That's the number two daybanners.com. If you need a banner and need it fast, <clears throat> excuse me, they can have it in as little as 48 hours. Not to be confused with today banners. Today banners is different. A, a couple That's of you other, guys have yeah. actually messaged that you went over and checked out our site and nothing but compliments, nothing but praise. Um, everybody, what's that? It won't open? The website. Let's see. Because the server cannot be found. No, look at the website. I see the website. I know, but I'm trying to wonder why the error is happening on that website. Oh, because it doesn't exist. Oh, I know. I went, I was like, what am I going to do with it, though? Like, Uh, I got so many domains. Like, I I almost went and bought it because someone posted about it. I went to go get it, and I was like, "Eh, what am I going to do with it? I got it. I don't know. Redirect it. $12. I'll just get it and redirect it. But anyways... (laughs) Check out todaybanners.com if yeah. you haven't. Um, but if you uh, actually want to order a banner, because yeah. ours isn't functional yet. If you no, want right. to order a banner from our it's actual feng shui. sponsor. It's functional. It is functional. It's feng shui, but it's yeah. not functional. It's two different things. But uh, yeah, two day banners. Also, the number two daybanners.com is yeah. where you actually get the banners. Yes. Yeah. So, In two can, days. But check ours out as well. Sometimes Todaybanners.com. Um, also go uh, to jimmydstees.com and check his stuff out. But he does a uh, silk screen. He can do that for you. He also has a bunch of cool merch that he already sells. So you can go check that out. And you can also check out our stuff at sofakingpodcast.com forward slash shop if you want to support us. Um, also check out Mindframe Podcast, sci-fi podcast um, that Dave Moten, will, uh, he'll put you to sleep or make you fall in love, one of the two. But it's entertaining either way. Hmm. Um, so go check that out across I mean, all the platforms. similar to Motown. It is. Yeah, same sultry voice. Yeah. It's just sci-fi Motown basically. Yeah. Uh, but check that out. Um, and on is that, it sci-fi or is it real life? I get confused sometimes. It's blurry. The it's lines are blurry. Lines are blurred. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all I got. We don't have a. We don't, uh, Tony Feathers is gonna have to get on a patron list, huh? Yeah, mm-hmm. we don't have a patron list. I will contact Tony Feathers. Okay. Um. Well, that's pretty much it. Uh, Sofa King Podcast on Reddit. You can get r forward slash Sofa King Podcast. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're at Sofa King Podcast. Personal Instagrams, we are at Raised with the Wolves. We have Sofa King Brent and Sofa King Dave. Check out Elikitech underscore hot sauce, Jimmy D's Tees, all that good stuff. Today banners, pot belly, all that. Patreon.com. Did I understand that? Forward slash Sofa King Podcast. I think so.